Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back live from Sunny Slope, Arizona, where the skies are blue and the deer and antelope are out playing somewhere else, but not here. Anyway, maybe some coyotes and chuckawallas. Anyway, John in Santan Valley. Good morning, John. Hey, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning, sir. Yeah, you know, once in a while you mentioned about uh, formerly having a nursery in the city of Carson Mm -hmm. in uh, California, South Bay area. And I was wondering where I was looking. I grew up in uh, in the city of Carson. Well, I was right and, off uh, of, you know, right there um, off the 110 freeway and the power lines with the okay. 110, you know, where the 110 and 91 meet, right? And we were under okay. the power lines that ran under the uh, the 90 next to the 110 freeway. Okay, okay. You know, sure. and I'll yeah, tell you what, no. there, there's not an easier climate to grow plants anywhere in this world. I think the very best weather in the whole United States is, is Long Beach, you know, when you're behind the peninsula. But uh, Carson's, right. Carson's, yeah. Carson um, is pretty darn close. Carson, it was pretty Carson, easy to grow. A little, little south of that and, and, and east of that, they don't get much of the of the uh, ocean influence or anything like that, too. But I, I believe, right, uh, central Long Beach. South Long Beach, probably, probably really good areas to grow. You're absolutely right. Well, and we used to have another little nursery there in Westminster, too. Oh, you did? Right there by Huntington yeah. Beach, yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I can remember as a kid growing up in, in the city of Carson, uh, uh, walking to school and walking by fuchsia nurseries, geranium nurseries, and and uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of pocket farms, believe it or not. A lot of people think it's all urban, and well, it, you know, it is now, but well, the, the you know, it, it had it had really a sad history there, John. You know, we I bought that nursery from the Kaneko brothers, Robin and Ted, and uh, Ted yeah. Ted had been in, and Robin had been actually interned during World War II, and uh, then their family yeah. family lost their farm. They took it from them. They actually gave it to their you know their Halley neighbors, and then after the war, you know, they didn't give it back to them. And uh, pretty sad I history. To that. I uh, I have in laws and uh, family members who were interned, so. I, I can I can completely relate, and I'll tell you what: Protestant Americans come back and not uh, bitter, just carry on with their with their lives. Well, it was exceedingly talented. You know, when I started in the nursery business, uh, in the Los Angeles area was predominantly uh, Japanese nurseries who had, had once been gardeners and then you know started nurseries. And some of my best sure. friends in the world were, were Japanese guys that had nurseries there. Absolutely, but John, my father-in-law was a gardener. As a landscape gardener, a state gardener for many, many years, and I kind of took it over a little bit. But yeah, I can remember going up and down Sawtell in West LA. There must have been back in the day at least seven or eight, uh, eight little independent nurseries uh, in 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 the uh, in the uh, that West LA area. Well, and some, some of them got nurseries. you know quite large. You know, Takashi and Mia and, and Sakaita. You know, those guys all had yep. big nurseries. Yep. Absolutely. John, thanks for the Absolutely. call and the memory. Well, yep. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Joe and Whitman's up next, then John and Mesa. But if you'd like to be after John, all you have to do is give the lovely Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Good morning, Joe. 
Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Good. I live in Whitman, and I built a new home out here. We had to dig a creek for our G&D for everything. I have existing Palo Verdes and mesquite trees in that creek. When they dug it up, the roots are kind of exposed. It went down probably 8 or 12 inches from the soil level. Are they going to die? Is there anything they can do? You know what, Joe? They'll they'll probably be fine. I mean, the reality is is that, uh, you know, these native species that are growing here are very deep rooted, you know, for the most part. And and so that shouldn't be a problem. You know, if you'd like to replace some of that soil around them, they'd probably enjoy it. But as as far as their, you know, their life expectancy, I think they'll be fine, you know. And if we have a real dry summer, you might want to water them, you know, a couple times a summer. Uh, It would be very helpful for them. But aside from that, I think they'll be fine. Fantastic. That's good news. We bought the property because of these trees, and I'd hate to start seeing them, you know, waste off. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, you know, it'd be good to replace the soil if you can, and uh, and if you water them monthly, you know, and the, especially if you water them one time really well here in the next couple of weeks, uh, they'll really respond to that. So one good irrigation in, in the middle of June means more than anything else. And if if we get a monsoon going, they'll be fine. If we don't, hit them once a month with a hose. Okay, is there any kind of fertilizer that I should use to give them a better shot? They'll love anything that you do. You know, they're, they're legumes, so they actually produce their own nitrogen, but they always will like a kick of fertilizer. Just a citrus food or like a 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer would be excellent. Awesome. Okay. One last question. How do I control ground squirrels? <laughs> <laughs> the little ninos, we call them. Um, I love them, but you need You need a big gopher snake. Oh, okay. You know, a gopher snake, a, a small, fast dog, you know, a cat. There's a lot of things that can control ground squirrels. You know, hawks and falcons do a good job. Owls, okay. Uh, okay. owls don't get them because they usually come out in the daytime. But um, you know, there's uh, you know a lot, a lot of predators for them too. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy Take your care. show. Bye bye. Uh, John and Mesa. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying the day. Good. Hey, I've got a quick question for you. My family and I, we lived uh, in the Groves area of North Mesa, and we have dogs, and they keep bringing in those burrs from from the weeds that tend to get into our grass. Mm -hmm. And we've got, uh, it's flood irrigated, and I was just curious if you had any recommendations as to how we can get rid of the the weeds in our grass, but still maintaining a nice, healthy grass for our uh, orange trees and also a place for our dogs uh, to run around. Well, you, you sounds like you have a fun person there who wants to talk on the phone. Yeah, he's uh, he's 10 months today, so he's <laughs> trying to tell you it's his uh, month's birthday. So. Well, we want to keep that lawn good for him to play in, too. So here, here's the real trick. What you, what you want to do is put a pre-emergent down in the fall. And then in the spring, and that way it won't regenerate. The, this, this, the material that's there is pretty much there. You know, you're not going to really get rid of those. Unfortunately, they're going to be you know brought in by the animals and different things. Um, if you wanted to mow really short, you know, and maybe even put in some uh, like muriatic acid, um, like pool acid, you could spray it on the lawn. It would actually release all the fertilizer and help break the stuff down faster. But you know, it's just the natural course for it to break down. Is this going to take time? And it will by the end of the summer. All those seeds and everything will be gone. But uh, if you'll put down a pre-emergent in September and then again in January, you won't have any of those come back next year. I love it. Great idea, and I'll do it. Thanks, John, and congratulations on having that 10-month-old. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Brian. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Brian in Phoenix. Hello, Brian. 
Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you this morning? Oh, enjoying the day. Great, great. Hey, I have a quick question for you. My daughter just moved into a new house, and you know the builder put those, oh, I think they're like one or two gallon little shrubs in there. Mm-hmm. They had her watering them, watering them every day for like five to eight minutes, and it's been about five weeks now. At what point should she back that off to her? more of a normal schedule. Today. So what what she needs to do, she needs to kind of calibrate, find out what size emitters they have, how much water they're putting out. Okay. Sure. And and so when she waters them, you want to put on, you know, even on the little shrubs, at least two gallons of water at a time. Okay. Even for like little antennas and things. And then just shut the system down, you know, and check her own soil. But uh, probably on newer plants like that, you'll probably want to be keeping it somewhere between once and twice a week. Okay, but okay, two, but two gallons at a time. Thirty minutes, two two gallons at a time. Well, Very it depends. Good. Yeah, you don't know what size emitters. So if you just calibrate it, find out the emitters because there might be a two gallon emitter where it takes a whole hour for them to run two gallons. Okay. Okay, I'll have them run into a yeah, run into a quart jar. Yeah, yeah. Just, check it out. Hey, I appreciate. It. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Brian. Bye, bye. Uh, Jerry in Arizona City. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Hey, Brian. I have a question for you. Um, I put. I planted sunflower seeds, and they're now like eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. And I, I was told by a, a relative that that they will kill any other plants growing around the roots. Is that true? Um, you know, they they do tend to establish themselves where they kind of you know. And when you look at sunflowers growing, there's not a lot growing around them. I don't know that they would actually kill anything, but probably would they outcompete a lot of things because they grow fast. Well, yeah, because my all my lettuce and everything I had growing around them just depleted. Uh, well, you know, the other thing is, Jerry, we're, we're we're out of lettuce season now. Anyway, you know, lettuce is pretty much a winter crop. You know, you can plant right. lettuce again here in, in the end of August, but uh, you know we're kind of kind of through with those guys for right now. Okay. So I, I'd enjoy the sunflowers for what they are now, unless you're going to plant okra. <laughs> you know, you can plant some okra oh, radishes in there or something. They're you know? eight feet tall and beautiful. Well, <laughs> yeah, enjoy them. You know. When, when do I harvest the heads off of them? Well, you'll see when, when the seeds start to ripen. You'll you know you can watch the process. They're, they're going to start to dry out. Because you're going to okay. dry, you're going to dry the heads anyway. The only thing is, if you don't yeah. harvest them soon enough, I tell you the easiest way to tell when to harvest sunflowers is to see when the birds start eating them. Because if they if they <laughs> well, get the to bees maturity, are all over well, well, the bees are good, but if, if they get to maturity, the the birds won't leave them alone. They'll, they'll eat them all. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Appreciate Jerry. your show. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have three lines available. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTR for the Whitfield Industry Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from seven to nine a.m. on ninety two point three FM KTR.
fun with this song today. If you could tell us uh, who was singing that last song, Oh Lonesome Me, of course, is a pretty famous song. But you can tell us who was singing. We'll give you a free 15-gallon citrus tree for the, the first caller who knows who was singing that, that particular version of Oh Lonesome Me. Anyway, uh, back to the phones. Uh, Matt and Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Uh, how's it going, Brian? How are you enjoying the day? Um, so my wife and I recently bought an espresso machine, and we were talking to some people. They said that the used pucks might be good to fertilize different trees. We have about five citrus trees. And I was wondering if you thought that was a good idea and how about we should do that. Absolutely. Now, with an espresso machine, you're not going to produce very many coffee grounds. But um, you could actually use, the, you know, the, the rest of the cup. If you want to toss it out, you can use the coffee grounds. And, and they're all beneficial because what they are is they're pretty acidic. And anything that makes our soil more acidic here in the valleys is beneficial. So it certainly can always use your espresso uh, grounds. Okay, and there's really no limit to how much you dump on there? Well, you're not going to drink that much coffee. <laughs> yeah, there really is not a limit. When you're talking about bigger trees like that, you know, if you threw five pounds on them, it wouldn't hurt anything. Okay, cool. I mean, we've got uh, two newborns, so I don't know. We, we might be drinking a lot of this. Process, but, yeah. <laughs> so you have twins? Yeah, yeah, we just had them a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's so fantastic! You know, our, our last two—that's how we finally got a daughter. We had twins, and uh, and and they're so amazing. And what's what's really amazing is they grow older. Is is their communication between the two of them, and how they become a team against the world. Not that they won't argue with each other, but boy, I'll tell you what—they uh, they're certainly a team against the rest of the world. And really enjoy those, Matt. Congratulations! Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye bye. You too. Uh, Carol in Gold Canyon. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Oh, Hello. just just wonderful. Thank you. Okay, quick, a uh, couple of quick questions. I, I think I called you a long time ago, and I thought you told me that you actually have a tree that's a lemon and a lime in one tree. <laughs> Um, we can certainly make one, you know, and in fact, we were looking at grafting some citrus right now, and I think I'm going to make a bunch of lemon lime trees. Um, oh, great. And, and you'll we'll, have we'll them at the Gilbert store? Well, you know, but not for a year. You know, it takes a while for these buds to come out and the trees to mature. So the next couple of years, we'll have a lot of them. Now, what okay, you can well, always we'll, do if you... If we'll you, uh, keep our eye peeled for it. What you Number can do two. if you want to, Carol, is you can plant the two together in the same hole, though. Yeah. So if you wanted to plant a lemon and a lime together, you could just plant the two in the same hole together and let them grow together that way, and you have a lot faster, bigger tree. Oh, okay. That's great. Uh, number two, on a, a previous show, you talked about uh, juicy fruit gum. Mm -hmm. Was that for uh, for the rodents? Yes. Was that for gophers? For or gophers. Rats for or gophers. Or... It might, might even work on rats, too. I, I know it's worked on gophers for people. Um, okay, so it might work for pack rats, too. It might. Pack and rats, are, they're, they're tough. Food, but not chewed, right? No, no. You know, you want, you, they want the sugar. You know, they, they want to yeah. get the sweet part of it, you know, and the, and the pack rats, they're, they're no fun. Okay. Number three, quick question. Uh, is there a way to control or get rid of white flies? Well, you know, what's happened recently is that the amount of white flies, because there's not much cotton around anymore, has really yeah. diminished. So Ooh. we don't we don't have near the problem with white flies we've had as historically, um, you okay, know. There, there's I lots of different things. And, and peppers once, and they did beautifully, and then all of a sudden, boom, they were dead. Well, Carol, you might want to try them again because we really don't seem to have the concentration of white flies we did ten years ago. Okay, well, I will do that now for the biggie. 
they planted a palm tree in my yard when we were building this house. I have no idea what kind of palm tree it is. The, the trunk is solid um, thorns. Mm-hmm. I mean, solid thorns. It's skinny, and in seven years, it's really only grown about three feet, which, which is fine. I mean, I, I, but all of a sudden, this year, I got a big stem in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and there's this gorgeous, huge white flower. This isn't like a century plant, is it? <laughs> well, it's, it sounded like it's an agave to me and not a palm tree. Um, well, hmm. well, no, I mean, it's, it looks just like it, what it looks like on the top. Okay, it's tall and thin and skinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fronds on it look, make, make you think of a pineapple. Okay, so okay, I, I, I think it's year, probably some type of a yucca. You know, but if it's, you know, but does it have like long, like a feather, like a long, you know, feather looking leaf or just an individual straight stalk that comes out of the top? Uh, no, uh, like a feather, I guess. Okay. And every year it loses all of them. You I mean, all the, the fronds fall off. And then in the spring, right in the center, you get this brand new growth that comes out. Well, Carol, you know, you got me stumped on this one. So what I'm going to have you do, send a uh, picture into the website so I can take a look at it. Just I will do that. With the white flower tree. thing. <laughs> well, the white you know, flower makes it sound like it's a yucca. So, I, But anyway, if it's big white flowers every year, a lot of yuccas do that. But Oh, yeah. No, it's never done it before. Well, In s- seven years, s- it's never done s- it. Send us a picture, Carol, and, and we'll figure it out. Okay, I took some pictures and I will send them to you. It's uh, Whitfield.com. Uh, you just yeah, just Google Whitfield Nursery. You'll, you'll get uh, you'll, you'll find oh, it. Okay, thank okay. you so much. You have a great day. Thanks, Carol. Bye bye. Uh, Robert in Phoenix. Good morning, Robert. Hi, how you doing? Very fine, sir. <laughs> I have about a quarter acre of land, and all my winter grass is is totally yellow now, mm-hmm. and um, I'm trying to. You know, incorporate, the, I think it's the Bermuda. Okay. I'm not sure if that's what I plant now mm-hmm. in the heat. But I bought a couple of bags and spread it out, and I can't seem to get it to come up. It's I'm still yellow. So, Robert, do you have a lawn sprinkler then, right? Um, I have a lawn sprinkler, yes. Okay. Yes. So, Bermuda grass is going to germinate very well with the weather that we're having now. It's got to be above 65 degrees at night for it to really germinate, and it's, you know, certainly that now. And so, it would be the perfect time to plant Bermuda grass. Um, now, it's sometimes a lot easier if you're not putting in too large an area to put in sod. And the nice part about sod, when you plant it this time of year, you lay it out, you know, water it, get it well established for two, three weeks, and then you got lawn. You know, and it's and it's going to be more weed free, and it's going to uh, you know be a lot easier to get established. So that that's you know always an option. There's not, lots of different kinds of sod. There's ones that are really good for high traffic, like Tiffway 419. There's ones like Easy Turf that, like the name, are easier to maintain or mid iron. So you can mm-hmm. plant the sod, just roll the sod out, and you're done. You know, and and just water it, and where you go. Um, as far as the 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 rye grass from the winter, it should be yellowing and dying now. And you probably want yeah, to kill it first definitely. anyway. So you'd be better off just to shut the water off of it, you know, for a week or so. Let it die and then go through it and go ahead and seed your Bermuda grass if you want to put in Bermuda grass from seed. When I seed my grass, do I need to, uh, what is it, pick up the, like, pick up the soil? Do I need to... Uh 
scrape the ground first. You know, with Bermuda grass, you, you really don't have to. What you can do is you can just put the seed down. You can put a little mulch or some kind of a cover over it so that the ground stays moist. You know, it's easier to okay. water. And uh, and then keep it wet. Water it two or three times a day until it gets, a st- you know, coming up. And then back off the water after it's germinated and starting to fill in. But Bermuda grass, this is the perfect time to plant it. It'll, it'll come in pretty well. It'll come in pretty well. Okay, great. Thank you very much. So you said... Uh, and that's and the Bermuda grass is that the little green, um, the one I'm buying is like a little green seed. Is that correct? Well, if it's coated, you know, if you buy buy coated, yeah, it's seed, a coated seed. Yeah, yeah and that's going to be tiny. coated. Yeah, and it's going to be real tiny, like it's like sand. Okay, so just keep it watered is the best thing to do. Yeah, I, you I water to- at night. Well, you need to water. You need to keep. You need to water it. You know, when it's new, you need to water it. Set your timer up and water it two or three times a day. So the ground stays moist until it gets germinated and starts to come up, and then you can back off the water. But you want to let it come up to be at like at least a half an inch or so before you back off the water. Just keep it real wet. Keep it real wet. Got mm-hmm. it. All, All right. right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Robert. Bye bye. Uh, Margaret in Sun Lakes. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Brian. Uh, last time in March, when I called you, uh, you told me to spread the raw chicken manure on the ground. Uh-huh. I did that. Are they ready to be planted for food? Well, now, composted chicken manure, okay, if you have raw chicken manure, okay, you don't want to grow anything in it by by our restrictions. We can't plant anything in it for at least 90 to 120 days, okay, oh, no. if you're not composting okay. it. So the problem is there could be pathogens and things in there. Now, if you want to turn that chicken manure into the soil, you know, and water it really well for a month or so, more, It'd be pretty safe, but you know, it depends on what crops you want to grow. So if you wanted to grow okra in it, which is going to grow up and it's not going to be in contact with the ground, it would be fine. But I wouldn't grow radishes or carrots or anything that's going to be in contact with it. And if it is, you'd have to be very sanitary when you clean it. But, um, so for any, you know, or melons, anything that's going to be in contact. So it's not going to hurt to have it around. Like, for example, if we had it in a citrus orchard, it wouldn't matter because it's not in contact with the ground. But even at that, we still don't use any manure product within 120 days of harvest because we just want to make sure we don't have any pathogens. Okay. So also, uh, begonia, you told me to put in the shade, so I put it in my patio. Uh-huh. But the flowers are dead now, so what do I do? Well, it, you know, the begonias don't have to have a lot of sun to bloom. They'll cycle in and out. Okay, so they oh. might come back and bloom again for you. And they're going to need pretty bright light, though. So even though they don't have direct sun, they need pretty bright light. But if you put them in full sun this time of year, they'll burn up. No, it's in patio, in my patio. Yeah, so on your patio, so, they'll, 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 you know, they'll, they should come back and bloom again. Okay, should I cut off the flower, the dead flower, or just leave it there? Well, no, it looks prettier if you prune the plant back a little bit. They okay. should grow fairly fast with this weather. Okay, got you. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. Have a nice Thank weekend. You. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam in Peoria. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. Hi. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Um, I wanted to... Uh, thank you for taking my call, by the way. Yes, Pam? I wanted... Yeah, I'm here. Are you mm-hmm. there? We're here. We're live okay. in the studio. All right, good. Sorry. Um, I planted a grapefruit tree about 10 years ago, uh, very tiny. I put it in myself. I, I did it right. I followed all the instructions, and it had a really good first year. Second year, it looked like it was dying. Started deep watering it, fertilizing it, and the thing took off. I had my first crop 
about a year ago, and it's not grapefruit. Okay. It's um, it's just bad sour oranges. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do with it. Um, I when I talked to a guy who came out to prune another tree, he said they're grafted, mm-hmm. and they probably the graft took over. Right. Do you, yeah, you follow me? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of wondering, too, if there's nothing I can do. It's just kind of a hassle. It's a tree I need to water. It's not producing anything. And I actually did it for the grapefruits. And I was so excited. I finally got a crop. And, uh, I mean, it's full of just nasty sour oranges. Should I just take that out of there? Well, unless you're going to make marmalade. No, I, I don't even like, that's what everybody said. I don't like marmalade. So then, then I'll, tell you, I'll tell you okay. an easy solution, Pam. Come out and see us at the nursery. I've got trees that already have fruit on them. You can plant a new one and you'll have a crop this year. I'll do that. I'll All do right. that. And this, how, how easy is it to get that tree out of there? It's pretty big now. How big in diameter is the trunk? Um, goodness, it's got to be, I'm saying... 15, 20 feet around. Oh, it's a big tree. Well, it's, you know, it's going to take some work to cut it down. There's, there's a lot okay. of, you know, a lot of arborists that will come cut it down for you, but it's going to have to be just taken down. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll put one with fruit on it so I'll know what I'm getting. <laughs> All righty, Pam. Have a nice weekend. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Bye-bye. And it looks like uh, we got action in the studio. Mr. Troy is Troy Barrett's here with the news. He's going to get us informed. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. for those old hippies, you know? It uh, does make a big difference to a lot of people. Anyway, back to the... uh Back to the phones here. We do have one line available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Tom and Scottsdale, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Brian. I was calling. I planted a lemon tree uh, behind a wall. It gets, it gets partial, almost full sun, not all the year. But uh, anyway, I put it in two years ago, and about a year ago, I had a few lemons. And then it kind of uh, kind of grew straight up. I fertilized, like you said, those uh, there's like three times a year you said to fertilize citrus. 
And uh, our fertilizer is kind of grown, just kind of now it's gone almost like vertical on me. Uh, well, I need to trim it down, if so, down, and what can I expect as far as fruit? Well, whack it. You know, right right now is the perfect time to cut it back. It'll grow as long as you're not going to expose the basic trunk wood to the sun. It'll be fine. And you can cut it yeah, back as no. far as you like. Uh, lemons are kind of magical that way. They, they flower more than once a year. You know, lemons and limes do. And, and like, you know, oranges and grapefruits don't. But lemons and limes, you can have more than one bloom. Pretty much any blooms that come out this late in the season probably won't set fruit. So whatever fruit you're going to have for the year is going to be on it now. It may bloom again in the fall. And maybe even in like October, November, sometimes they'll bloom again there too. But, um, and the fruit's kind of hard to see when they're small on the trees. You know, when we go out to the groves this time of year, it's, you're always looking to see the fruit, but you don't see near as much as will develop over time. But, um, okay. okay. So, so if I, tr- if I prune it back, how much shall I, cause right now it's about, it's getting about six feet tall. And the base on it's probably, I'd say it's, it's about a inch in diameter with the with the trunk. Yeah. And, so know, if you want to spread out, if you want to spread out more, you could take the big main shoots coming out the top and cut those back to like four feet, not a couple feet off them. You know, and that okay. it'll, it'll spread more horizontally. And you're not going to hurt cool. you're not going to hurt the crop at all by pruning at this time of year because it's got all summer to grow before it flowers again. And how much water and how many times? Uh, I don't have it on irrigation. I just do it with a hose. Well, pretty much in the heat of the summer weekly, you okay. know, for most soil, pretty much once a week. And, and then the wintertime every couple of weeks. Okay. All right, Brian. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Thanks, it. Bye-bye. Uh, Frankie and Buckeye. Good morning, Frankie. Hi, Brian. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? We can hear you. How's Johnny? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen Johnny in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. What's up today, Frankie? So I would like to guess the song. I I'm pretty sure the person that was singing was Cher. You're right. You won. Yeah. Yay. Okay. And I do believe that the um the poem that the lady was talking about with the thorns on on the trunk. I kind of think that's the Madagascar poem. It's not really a poem. Yeah, you know, it could be, and you're right. That could flower like that too. You're 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 just a wealth of knowledge today, Frankie. Uh, so who was singing with Cher? So Frankie, who was singing with Cher? Okay, he's a real famous country guy. Let me let me rattle my brain for a minute. Um, and, a, and a really really nice person too. I met him one time. He has a beard. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Chris Christopherson. Right. Is that? And, and who? Did yeah. he, and then who else did Chris Christopherson like to sing with? Uh, his wife Rita Coolidge. Absolutely, you got it. <laughs> well, congratulations. Come in and see us, Frankie. I'll tell you what. Uh, hang on the line, and um, Sierra's going to take your number, and we'll get you hooked up with the citrus tree of your choice. Great. Well, thank, thank you. Bye bye. Love your show, by the way. Well, thank I love your talent to be able to pick that song up. You did a great job. Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, Diane and Awatuki. Good, good morning, Diana. Hi there, Brian. Appreciate you taking my call. 
I have a uh, pathetic um, pomegranate tree. Now, the first couple of years I got it, I had fruit, but I didn't put the little baggies on, as you have advised. And, of course, they went to the rats and the bugs and whatever. So about two weeks ago, I looked at it, and it had three blossoms on it. I just went out to check it today. The blossoms are not there. Am I not going to get any fruit at all on this it can, tree? It, it, it can still flower more this year. It, it probably is not, though, because usually you're going to have the fruit setting by now. But it, there's a chance with yeah. the pomegranate, it may bloom some more. You might actually have some fruit come out still, but it's it's late. How much do you need to water a pomegranate? Well, to have a good crop on it, you need to water it pretty regularly in the wintertime. You know, and, and then, you know, from as soon as it leaves out, you know, starting like in February, March. And uh, and then it's what's really critical is good deep irrigations in the summer so that it doesn't stop growing in the pomegranate split. But realistically, in Ahwatukee, it, where you live in Ahwatukee, what cross streets? Um, let's see. Ray and Tan left this landing. Okay. You know, a mile west of I-10. Yeah, okay. So you have a little better soil in there. Um, you know, it's going to hold more moisture. But really? realistically, weekly watering. Okay. No, and for how long? You know, well, you want to you want to put on depending on the size of the plant. But a big pomegranate, if it's if it's ten foot tall, you'd probably want to no, put. No, no. How, how how tall is it? Probably three feet. Okay, so probably five gallons of water once a week. Okay, and as it, then as it gets bigger, you'll use more. Should I fertilize it? As you Absolutely, do the, if you want to grow faster, huh? And just just like citrus, okay. you can fertilize with the same fertilizer. And as far as the baggies that you were talking about, mm-hmm. you put brown bags on them and you tie them. And at what point do you do that? Do you do that not, when the blossoms come out? No, no, not not until the fruit's going to start to ripen. So really, not until September. Okay, and then what do you use, like lunch bags? You can use a little brown, yeah, a little brown, a little brown paper bag and a rubber band will work fine. Great. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate thanks, Bye bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we got Brent and Maricopa, but then we have some open lines, folks. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Hello, Brent. How are you doing today? Oh, enjoying the morning. Great. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, you got a uh, pygmy palms, three of them together. Uh, how hard is it to transplant them how, to another spot? How long, how long have they been planted? Uh, about, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, eight years, maybe, give or take. Mm, you know, they're... They're probably about, uh, six, probably about uh, five feet tall, each of them. You know, they're they're fairly hardy. Um, they're all growing in one cluster, though, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so you're going to you're gonna t- transplant the whole cluster. Yeah, they can't uh, separate. Try, yeah, yeah. So you're going to need to dig a root ball that's probably two foot by two foot. So it's going to be pretty heavy, you know, get out right. of the hole. But if you can dig a root ball about two foot by two foot and uh, take the on the on the fronds on them, just take about half of them off. You know, leave them so that they're up at a forty five degree angle, so it doesn't have uh-huh. as big a head. And you really with a pygmy date probably don't have to tie them up like you would with a big date palm or something. But take off enough to where they're up at a forty five degree angle. And then if to get okay. it out of the hole, if you'll just dig around it, keep the ball intact tight, you can fold a piece of burlap or something or get, you know, even a tarp or something underneath it and roll it over on one side, then roll it back on top. So you got four corners and uh, you need some pretty husky guys to help you get it out of the hole. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, when's the best time to do something like that? Actually, it's not a bad time right now. And especially with the weather we're having now, it would have been better a month ago. 
Okay. And if, if you want to wait till next year, you can. But not, now it's not bad. You know, we, it's warm enough for it to grow. And if it gets real hot, you might throw a piece of shade screen or something over the top of it for you know, a month or so. But you, anyway, I, I would do it right away if you're going to do it this year. No. So you think around uh, January, February would be better? No. No, because no. it's got all summer to grow. Okay. And palms, you know, palms are most active and they're going to grow most when it's hot. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Good luck, Brent. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Mike and Awatuki. But after Michael, we have four open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Ms. Shear is here on the phones and the music. And uh, she's smiling, waiting for your call. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Invite you out to Whitfields. You know, why not enjoy this cool weather and come out and plant a tree? It's the perfect time to plant citrus trees, palms, desert trees. They love this weather. This is when they root. This is when they grow the fastest. And, uh, you know, if you wait until fall to plant one, you'll lose a whole year's growth. Anyway, Whitfields will do the digging, too. You know, it's pretty easy to do that way. We've got great crews and wonderful staff. Come out and see us at any one of our Three Valley locations. The original store at 824 East Glendale. The East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Worth the drive from anywhere. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. We're Arizona's largest grower of palm trees. If you want date palms, Mexican fans, if you're looking for Canary Islands, or maybe the tropical mule palms. We do them by the hundreds and by the thousands. If you're you're looking for delicious citrus, we guarantee that it's going to produce wonderful fruit. And if you're looking for shade, we've got big, beautiful mesquites and ironwoods and palo verdes and all kinds of other shade trees like pistachios, ashes, and elms. And if you're looking for the, you know, the, the real desert tree, if you're looking for something like an ironwood, we've got great ironwoods too. Woodfill Nursery for four generations growing trees here in the valley and all over the state for Arizona's future. Back to the phones, Mike and Awatuki. Hello, Michael. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. Um, You know, I was thinking that maybe I would try to do some citrus grafting. Mm -hmm. And I really like the Mexican lime, but I'd also like to try my finger lime and to see if I could put it on a uh, Lisbon lemon. Absolutely. 
There's no, the, the, you know. Okay. So any of the sours will work together. So if you're starting with a Lisbon, which is a very vigorous, you know, variety, it's probably on another lemon type of a rootstock already. So it's going to be a yeah. very fast, vigorous tree. And you can easily bud, you know, if you want to do with any, any kind of lemon, any, any kind of lime would be fine. Tangelos and even grapefruit are fine. Um, so all okay. the sour fruits kind of work together. Okay. Okay, that's excellent. And it's the perfect it's the perfect time to bud it right now, uh, Mike. And mm. what what you want to yeah. do if you want to have you know a lot of different buds on it is cut back some limbs on the side if the tree doesn't have any good receptive young limbs, and let the new flush of growth come out. And then when it gets to about thumb size, then it's going to be time to put buds into them or, or pencil size, say. Um, and then you can go back and bud into those. But if you leave the top of the tree alone, so it's feeding the tree, cut back some sides, and you'll get branches. And, you know, my grandfather once had a tree over at our Glendale Avenue store with 22 varieties on it. So they're, they're a lot of fun to play with. Um, so here's a question for you. The My my lemon is, of course, it's outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a shady side and there's a sunny side, like a north and south. Okay. What's what's the best location to put that graft on? Well, you can graft in it with any any side of it that's actively growing on the tree is going to be fine. Now, if it's if it's up against okay. the house or something and it's real shaded, you might not get much fruit in the future off where you put your graft. So you want to put your graft probably where it's going to right. get more sun. You know, take advantage of that so it will fruit. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, Michael, have fun. If you need some buds, come over the hill and see us in South Phoenix. We'll give you some budwood. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Brad and Tempe. Good morning, Brad. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Um, I wanted to put some big pots on my patio outside. It's a covered patio, and I face the south, and my landscaper says anything in there is going to bake. And he he didn't recommend it, but <laughs> well, what what do you think we do in a nursery? We grow we grow all kinds of plants out in full sun and shade and all different kinds of environments. So, you know, the south side patio is actually pretty ideal because it gets full sun in the winter time, you know, and then the right. summertime it gets shaded. So, right. it, what kind of plants were you looking to grow, Brad? I have no idea. I just want <laughs> things that look good. And I like the really big pots that you see, you know, in restaurants, uh-huh. everywhere. And, and I'm, I wasn't sure. Well, I had no idea. Come, come come down and see us at the nursery. You know, we, we're either in South Phoenix or Gilbert, either one. Your Tempe's kind of in the middle. And uh, we can show you all different kinds of things that'll work. You know, and okay. a, a south patio is, is an easy place to grow things. I mean, because you do okay. have a, you have great light, you know, in the wintertime and uh, you have shade in the summer. So all kinds of tropical things you can grow there. OK, I think maybe he didn't want to put in the drip system. So. <laughs> well, I think that's probably the case. <laughs> that, that makes all sense, right. Brad. All right. Take care. Thank you. Uh, Bo and Florence. Good morning, Bo. Hey, how are you today, Brian? Oh, enjoy the morning. Yeah, love your show. Thank you for your time always. Brian, I have a laurel ash tree in my front yard. I bought it two years ago, had it put in. It was a 24-inch box. So it's grown a lot, got the stakes up. But it's got like this sap on the lead. And it, it looks like a sap. I don't know what else to call it. It's just shiny and... Well, you've got some insects feeding on it, but what you'd probably want to do with this time of year is pick up some uh, systemic insecticide. Okay, Bear makes several different ones, and they're going to have okay. an active ingredient in them in a chloropid, which uh, goes through the plant system and is toxic to the insects, and that will stop them from feeding on it. 
So do you spray the plant, Brian, or do you actually dilute it with water and feed it to the plant? So you can water it in. It's systemic, so it can go up. You can go through the foliage, or it can go from the soil, either way. Okay. Is there a particular, it's just bear system? Well, bear makes a lot of different ones. That they, they're, they're going to have, uh, you know, several different applications for them. One might be a grub control or, you know, even systemic rose food's got the same active ingredient in it. So you're just going to okay. look on the label. It should be in and chloropid, and it's it's in a lot of different bear products. Okay. okay. Brian, have a good Thank you for your time. You too. Bye, Bo. Uh, Mike and Mesa, good morning, Michael. Hi, Brian. How are you this morning? Oh, enjoying it. Good, good, good. Hey, I have two blood orange uh, I picked up from about a year ago. Uh, have uh, done reasonably well. Uh, they're, uh, initially, I had a uh, time of planting uh, last, uh, I guess, time just about, this, about this time. I had some leaf drop, uh, yellowing and so forth. But uh, this spring, that all filled back in nicely, and everything was looking beautiful. And then now, about a week or so ago, center part of the, both trees, I'm getting yellowing of the leaves again and leaf drop. Well, on the inside portion of the tree, that wouldn't be unusual, Mike, if, okay. they're, if they're lower leaves. So if you're dropping some leaves on the inside as the weather changes, that's pretty normal. You know, and the main thing for young citrus is just keep the fertilizer up for the summer and good deep irrigations at least weekly, and you should be fine. Okay. okay. All righty. They were, um, I guess, 15-gallon, uh, I think that was the size, uh-huh. uh, you, you know, of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, as I said, they did pretty well. Um, you know, I've been giving them some granular fertilizer, the AZ Best, uh, citrus and so forth. Uh, uh, and they're getting about maybe 36, 40 gallons of water per week. Uh, is that is that that should be plenty? No, that should be that okay. should be good. Yeah. For young trees, great. that should be perfect. Perfect. Great. And one quick question. I have some large, mature uh, sweet orange. Uh, I guess they're like a Trevita, I think they're called. Uh and uh, they're, geez, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 feet tall, very mature. Mm-hmm. And they have produced every year. This year, there's a very, I guess, low production. Is that just kind of a normal cycle? Well, Trevitas are usually pretty consistent, you know, compared to other oranges. Okay. Navels being alternate bearing is pretty normal. But, you know, Trevitas okay. are usually more consistent than that. But, you know, what we see in farming, there's always next year. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again for your help. Take care, Michael. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Um, what time are we out? Uh, time to time to say goodbye, folks. Appreciate all the calls, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the program. And uh, let's go out and be friends and uh, and kind to each other, and especially those who we have different opinions with. It's it's kind of fun to see people work together and get something done. And let's go out and be great Americans and continue doing so. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, and I'll take all the rest of you off there when we get to say goodbye. Bye.